Welcome to Coffee House. As most listeners are aware, we will occasionally take a look at a movie when we have reached a special kind of movie that represents a cultural inflection point. Or we discuss a movie when I haven't finished the reading for the week. One or the other. The Batman by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro, and Paul Dano. Now, I actually went back and counted. I want to know exactly how many times Batman has been rebooted, and it is up to 473. Now, you know, you got to remember Michael Keaton, there's Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, and now Christian Stewart's ex-boyfriend. Is it great? Is it good? Does it suck? What does it have to do with international politics and generational macro-sociological structures? We're about to find out. So, as always, we're going to go through the contents of this movie. We're going to do a little bit of an analysis, see how good it was, good and bad. And then we're going to do some big picture stuff related to this thing. So, the contents. The Batman. Gotham is a dying city. Corruption has deep roots. This is the early days of Batman. He's not the human tank detective that we are used to. He has limited tech. He drives a motorcycle. His Batmobile is a tricked-out muscle car, and the Batcave is in his mother's basement. Some of the most corrupt people in the city start showing up dead, alongside the ciphers that were designed by the resident villain, the Riddler, who seems to have taken special interest in the Batman. So, Batman teams up with a local girl looking for a lost friend, Selina Kyle, and one of the last remaining uncorrupted police officers, Jim Gordon. And the entire story of Gotham City begins to unravel. Okay, moving on to the analysis. So, the good of this movie, The City. Uh, It's the best depiction I've seen of Gotham in a movie. It's gritty, it's dirty, it's dangerous, it's full of corruption and self-interest. A lot of back alleys and nightclubs and churches, and all these make sense when it comes to Gotham City. It's a gothic take on Gotham City. The Christopher Nolan Gotham City, I guess in Batman Begins it was a little, it had a little more character, but in The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises it didn't have, it just looked like New York, like somebody put a new skin on New York. But this particular Gotham has personality. So another good, the cinematography, it really looks fantastic to me. There's this one part toward the middle wherein, I won't give anything, sp- this was in the trailer, so, so there's a car chase and Batman's uh, doing a car chase in his Batmobile muscle car. And it's one of my favorite car chases I've seen, period. It looked gorgeous. The way that it was shot, the sounds of it, just how visceral and damaging the car chase was. Uh, honestly, I just thoroughly enjoyed that part of the movie. And it's hard to get excited about car chases in modern action movies, but this one, it it really did it. And another good thing is it really seemed like the people who were making this wanted to make a good movie. They were, even if they had missteps here and there, and even if there are some glaring deficiencies in certain areas, it seemed like they really wanted to make a movie. And that that's something that seems to be lacking in a lot of movies nowadays, and especially in franchises and rebooted franchises. Another good, uh, I'm going to put it on the good side, is Batman as Detective. Uh, More of this movie was dedicated to Batman as a detective as opposed to much of the other kind of Batman that we see in a a lot of the other movies. He spent a lot of time detecting. (laughs) So I've been a little bit exhausted from the Batman as World Savior depictions that have been the most common as of late. So this was a smaller story, more contained, which was a refreshing change of pace. The acting was, you know, fine to decent, <laughs> so that was good. Nobody stood out as terrible throughout the cast, which is uh, is actually a feat in itself. You know, Zoe Kravitz, Zoe Kravitz, right? She was charismatic. She was fine as Catwoman. She had her moments, and uh, she seemed to be dedicated to the role. 
Colin Farrell, I still don't understand. I, I really think that he hired somebody else and then they just put his name on it. I do not think that he was actually the Penguin. They just kicked that guy in makeup. I need to watch it again so I can see if I can pull out some Colin Farrell in that performance. Even John Turturro, you know, I liked him a lot. A lot of the time, I just kind of enjoyed him as as the character that he was. I just think he, he kind of worked and he's a good actor, so it was just kind of fun to watch. Okay, on to the bad. It was so long. It was so incredibly long. It was. It does not need to be three hours. You could cut an hour out of that movie. And most of it felt like it was walking in and out of rooms, <laughs> which was really in and around rooms. And it was really god annoying. I kept thinking it was over, too, as it would go along. And then, nope, it wasn't over. It still had more to go. Another bad, it, a lot of time it didn't feel like Batman. You know, he was really terrible at his job, honestly. When it comes to the uh, crime fighting and solving of mysteries and saving people, he was incredibly ineffective. The villain also was really forgettable. It's not Paul Dano's fault. I think he was fine. He kind of, uh, there was a bit of a mixture of Joker and Zodiac Killer in his, his portrayal that I think could have had more to it. But I think he was just underwritten and didn't have enough to do in this movie as a villain. When you think about the screen time that Heath Ledger got in his performance, even, what's his name? Oh, whoever played Bane. Why can't I remember his name right now? Even him. Those two got a hell of a lot of screen time, uh, whereas Paul Dano didn't get a whole lot when it came, even, especially Especially as himself, he sure didn't get much screen time in this movie. So it was a really forgettable villain, forgettable plot. And this is kind of a double-edged sword. I know I said a smaller story was great, but it does feel like kind of a small world. They go to a number of the locations just over and over again, and nothing really stands out that they go to when it comes to set pieces. So that got a little tedious as you went along the three hours of this. And then the thing that really annoyed me the most is the woke that made it into the movie. It's apparent and it's annoying. So after this, in this section, there will be some minor spoilers. Kind of um, choke these down. I'm not going to give away anything in particular. It's more thematic spoilers as opposed to actual plot spoilers. But anyway, so on first watch, you can generally overlook it. But then it's something that will nag at you as you go along. And the more I thought about it, just the more annoying it became. So one thing, like at the beginning of it, you had this group of hooligans. And that's such an antiquated word. Why did I say hooligans? <laughs> so you have this group of hooligans who are going to take your lunch money. And so they're terrorizing this um, rider of the subway. And there's a whole group of them. And they're all painted. They have white face on. They're painted in white face, which is incredibly culturally insensitive, of course. But only one of them has just half of his face painted. It happens to be a black guy. And all the rest of them are white or in white face. And they're goading him on to do the terrible thing. And he's the one who's reluctant to do it, to beat up this uh, person, this would-be victim. And then he kind of helps Batman as part of the fight. And then you add that to just a ton of obviously deliberate casting choices. So, uh, like, Jeffrey Wright, you know, he's a good actor, so you can... You can set this one aside, but Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon happens to be the only major police officer who's not corrupt, and he happens to be black, and then you have the mayoral candidate, who's the uncorrupted and uncorruptible mayoral candidate, happens to be a black woman. Then you have Selena Kyle, she's black. And then on the other side, everybody who's a bad guy, who happens to be corrupt and the, a terrible person and gets killed and all that, is a white male, uh, and Catwoman specifically mentions at one point uh, white male privilege reproaching Batman for his white male privilege and the white male privilege of the all the evil white men straight white men let's make sure that's clear all the evil straight white men who are in powerful positions who have been corrupting the city for so long so it's not exactly subtle in this 
And then one thing that bookends thematically the whole movie is that in the beginning, so he says that when they ask, who are you? You know, you expect him to say, I'm Batman, because that's something that they say in all the movies. But in this one, he says, I'm vengeance. So you're like, oh, vengeance. Why, why that particular turn? And of course, it has thematic purpose. And yes, I noticed there was a bunch. There were a bunch of parallels between the Riddler and Batman going through, and and all that. So that's fine. But so anyway, so he says, "I'm vengeance." And then by the time you get to the end, he kind of goes off the deep end a little bit on this one guy. And I hate this because it's just like one moment, and they didn't really set this up or anything like that. But he just goes off the deep end on this one guy. Him being vengeance uh, is referenced again, but they say, "No, you're not supposed to be vengeance. You know that's a bad thing. Don't be vengeance." So instead, he's supposed to be hugs or something. I don't know. But the whole point is that he's supposed to be a more nurturing Batman, as opposed to the the Dark Knight who's uh, subduing all the criminals uh, in an effective way. He's supposed to be this more nurturing version of Batman, which was honestly thoroughly annoying as a, as a thematic and as a, a message from the movie. And there are a whole bunch of uh, political reasons, obviously, to put this kind of a thing in, and a whole bunch of ideological messages that you're trying to get across when you when you try to say, no, Batman, you know, be nicer, be more nurturing. But when all these things line up, you know, on one side of the ideological spectrum, it's it's really kind of annoying. Not only is it, uh, I mean, just generally destructive uh, intellectually, <laughs> but it also takes away from the value of the movie, you know, as a piece of entertainment that goes beyond that. So it was it was frustrating. There were a lot of things that pushed in this direction when it's supposed to be a story about a, a lawless vigilante in a bat costume who's taking out the trash, you know, uh, in a city that's that has failed its citizens. So um, it's it's just really kind of a frustrating turn. And obviously in sequels, they are likely to make Batman a little more effective because throughout the movie, again, minor spoilers, but he was really ineffective. <laughs> he didn't really accomplish much of anything or save anybody. <laughs> so it's like, is this really the same character? Is this really what we're... How much can you change and how much thematically and ideologically can you change this particular character and have it still be the same character? I remember there people were up in arms because didn't Ben Affleck's Batman use a gun or something like that? Or he started being more wanton with his violence against criminals and one of the things about Batman was that he tried to subdue criminals without killing them anyway so this is the huggy Batman and we'll see what they do with it in further movies I'm sure they're gonna do more because it seemed like this one was pretty successful has been so far but overall, there were th- there were enough good things, and atmospherically, I think atmospherically was the best part about it, was just getting to see the atmosphere, and having a different take on the Batman idea sans all the ideological stuff. So anyway, big picture. The big picture is that art is important. You know, it's a means for us to explore and experiment with and more dangerously disseminate ideas. And I'm not talking about like violence in video games causing violence in real life, but the art or lack thereof that we consume is a reflection of what we are. And our heroes are a reflection of where we are trying to go. The heroes that got us to Western civilization were individually strong, were self-sacrificial, were dedicated, driven, brilliant, and conquered the internal and external demons that we were all victim to. So who are heroes today? The kind of hero that would take an identity-based backseat to subsidize the feelings of fragile people to the detriment of reality? I just don't know if that's such a good idea. 
So anyway, that was The Batman. And as just a little side note, I actually, I watched Encanto as well, a new Pixar movie, one of the newer ones. And it was so underwhelming. Uh, that's even a nice way to put it. I am so utterly disenchanted with everything that's been coming out of Pixar for a while. And even before that, you know, a lot of them, they just didn't have the kind of magic that you got out of a lot of the, you know, early Disney movies. Maybe this wasn't even Pixar. Maybe this was just Disney. This might have been just Disney, actually. But it's so amazing how they missed the point when it comes to those early Disney movies and what made them so important and enduring. There's just something so tremendously superficial about Encanto, and I get it, there's this, um, you know, obviously, when it comes to any movie in this genre, it's, uh, I don't fit in. Okay, yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, that's the whole movie, that's always the whole movie. But it's got this tremendously superficial edifice. It's just like, family, done. And I appreciate the the sentiment of supporting the idea of being supportive of a family. I, I love that, let's get more of that in movies just in general, especially ones for children. But there's something so superficial about it. When you think about the pedigree the Disney pedigree that came before it, you know, like Snow White and how that's really about the psychological fragility and the growth of a young woman. And it's this built-in psychology about her trying to come to terms with the threats that are in the world, you know, being thrust out and the different parts of her personality that are represented by the, the dwarves and, uh, or dwarfs. <laughs> And, and so, so many other things. And then you, you think about like Pinocchio, a little boy who's growing up in a dangerous world. So you have these, these dual movies where it's like the, the little girl dealing with it and the little boy dealing with it. I mean, she was older than a little girl, but still it's a woman coming of age. And then Pinocchio has to come of age in a different way and how he has to deal with all the temptations that are around, how he has to learn to, uh, you know, be a more advanced version of his father <laughs> so that he could be a, a real man. And then even in, in movies like Beauty and the Beast, there's something incredible about this one where you have this, this metaphor of a woman trying to tame a wild man to domesticity. And you have this built in this whole story, uh, this mythological story about a beast and, and a rose and all that. And then you have The Little Mermaid where we get this idea of women being perfect if they're just shut their... <laughs> just kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's, uh, I'm sure there's some other idea to be taken away from The Little Mermaid. Like, think twice the next time before you eat a fish or something. I don't know. But, uh, so what I'm saying is that Encanto and all of the movies that Pixar and Disney have been releasing over the past, I don't know, has it been a decade? Ever since Frozen kind of broke the whole idea of actually making legitimately good movies. They just haven't been able to. They haven't been able to capture that magic or have an understanding that the reason that those early movies, those early Disney movies and early stories, the reason that those things resonated is the same reason that Oedipal, you know, Oedipus Rex <laughs> resonates and other stories like it. It's because it speaks to something that's much deeper than the things that we realize, than the very surface level things that we talk about. And that's what we've talked about before is archetypes that are built in to who we are and that have much more resonance than, you know, the mere ideas of this setup and, and this punchline and the things like Snow White and Pinocchio and Beauty and the Beast. Those all speak to something that's much more fundamental to who we are than any of the movies that have been coming out with all the best technology in the world and teams of writers and focus groups groups and all this other so all this other stuff. So anyway, I just wanted to plug that one in there because I don't want to do a full episode on that, but I wanted to say something about it.
So that was Encanto. This one was really about the Batman, and I hope everybody uh, will check it out and let me know what they thought about it. Uh, you can email me. <laughs> I know that's that's antiquated. <laughs> email me. I need to set up that Telegram again, but you can you can tweet at me too. Emails fine or on the uh, YouTube page or the Rumble page. But I hope everybody goes and sees the Batman. You don't need to watch Encanto. You can you know set that one aside. But <laughs> see the Batman and let me know if you thought it was as glaring as I did. Obviously, I think I'm correct in all. Of my analyses, but uh, still, it'd be good to talk about. And then next, finally next, we will definitely have the next part of the archaeology of mind, which, I mean, just yesterday I was reading it and it's just blowing me away. And uh, so there are a lot of things that we need to be talking about when it comes to that. Anyway, hope all is well, and I will see you on the next one. All right, bye. (music) 